Hello, and welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I am Pam Marvin. And we are so glad to have you back with us today. And we are continuing along on our journey of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and all those beautiful words about love. It's all about love. It's all about love. But before we dive into that... Anything going on with you these days, Pam? Anything uh, since last time that you want to chit-chat about? Well, I really enjoyed my time at the Trace. Oh, yes, Yes. that is right. We got an opportunity for her to come on out and uh, Mm -hmm. do a little... A little bit of show prep, but so what is the trace, Megan? Oh well, for those of you who are not regular listeners, you probably you the regular listeners would have heard much about this. But the trace is my country house uh, up there in East Texas, and Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so I've been there all the summer for the most part, and boy, um, it's been hot. It's been hot. It's been hot, but that does not deter me. I still get out there and uh, do stuff. And yeah. sweat a lot, and but I have really, really been enjoying um, my chapel, and I really enjoyed being able to show you the Stations of the Cross because Wonderful. the last time you were there, prior to this, um, the time you were here just recently, they were not up yet. They weren't. They and, were wonderful. Uh, I loved them. Uh, so perfect. Yeah, right there by the chapel. But I too really enjoyed. I mean, her whole family, Megan's whole family, was there this time, and I got to get to know them better as like a little family unit. Her husband, her daughter, her son. And that was just delightful for me just to to be at the dinner table with y'all and <laughs> and participate in, in that. And but I have to say another one to highlight really was sitting around your outdoor fireplace. Who knew in this weather that you could do that? I didn't. Okay, well, I'm really glad that you brought that up because since that time together, a conversation that we had with you and James, my husband and and me, has been on my mind because it was at that point where I was informed okay. by Pam and my husband, James, <laughs> oh, that yeah. I am a type A woman. <laughs> now, this came as a surprise to me. Okay. okay. And so I wasn't quite sure what to think about that mm-hmm. because I have certainly not thought of myself in that way. And, think, and what I think that I realized is that what I was defining as a type A person was maybe a little different than what y'all were meaning by it. So I think it's a kind of an interesting thing to examine because it will kind of come to bear on the topic of today that we're going to be talking about because as we talk about um, love bearing all things and enduring all things, sometimes the things we have to bear and endure feel like we have to bear and endure them because we've misunderstood (laughs) What they meant. Okay. So I will just say that. So to me, someone who's type A, I had always classified as controlling, has to have their own way, always has to be in charge, is proactive to a fault, like can't sit still, can't enjoy life, is always doing, 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 never Mm. sits down and always wants to run the show. And I was like, I'm not like that. I hope you don't think I'm like that. Okay. Well, let me put it to you a different way. Okay. That um, I think may make more sense, more of an alpha. So it's more of a leadership thing. Well, I think that's where the term type A comes from, right? The term oh, alpha. Does it? Yeah. Alpha and beta. But, you, but you're, I see you more as a take charge. You're very, uh, you know, your mind, you know mm-hmm. how you like to do things and you're just take charge. All right. But I don't have to take charge. No. Not necessarily. Yeah. 
But given temperaments like your husband and mine have very similar temperaments in some ways, just kind of a more laid back, go with the flow kind of people. And Mm -hmm. you have a very specific like, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. And we are happy to follow you. Although it's funny because I think I have gotten in that zone because, you know, I tend towards uh, when I care about something, like I tend to get kind of passionate about it. So I'm sort of an all in type of person. So I think I it, does, about it does lend itself to that kind of thing. But what I often will find is that despite the fact that I default to, all right, I'll plan it. Let's, you know, I'll make it happen. That sort of thing. I desire a lot of times not to be in charge. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of like this deep longing of my heart mm-hmm. to like relinquish the reins, but I struggle to trust that someone's going to take them up. And so I will at times try to encourage people to take them up. Like, like, no, you plan it. You decide. I want, I want to do what you want to do. I, I don't even want to have an opinion here. I just want to go with your flow. But I find myself having to push people mm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I, it makes me wonder, have I um, made people think that I'm not really open to that so much that they don't trust me that I actually desire it. So that's kind of interesting, right? How our behaviors and our default settings can so often prevent us from receiving the very thing we want. That's true. I can see that as well. Yeah. So anyway, it was an interesting. Yeah, we had a great time. Yeah. It was wonderful good mornings in prayer and that place is just such a blessing thank you for having me there well so thank you beautiful. for coming because that's so a blessing great. to me for you know people make the trip and, yeah and I, I really i honestly believe i will say unabashedly i believe that the lord has anointed that place uh, i would second that yeah i <laughs> just i experience a profound I, sense of I god's presence too. there i really do too and i remember being in prayer one time as i had like a a moment where things were going kind of tough with the um, the renovation of the property, the house and, you know, just everything going. And, and I just really had the Lord just say, you know, I have prepared this place for you and that, it, you know, I have plans for it and, you know, just be at peace. It'll be all, it'll Beautiful. all shall be well. That's and so, good. you know, I really do believe that. I believe that he has, a plan for it in the future. And, and my goal is to, to really offer it to his service. Which and you know what? That really lends itself well to our topic today, which is believes all things. So love. Oh, wait, wait, all no. I thought we were in bearing. All all, I thought we were bearing and enduring to, <gasps> on this bearing episode. And enduring? Yeah. I we're ahead? finishing with believing and hoping. We're bearing and enduring right oh, now. We're bearing and enduring. Okay. <laughs> I skipped ahead. My apologies. That's all right. That's all right. It was such a good segue, though, you know. It was a good segue. <laughs> oh, well. Well, you know, we'll have to bear with the fact that yeah, uh, we, we can't use that segue. But I think we wanted to end on the most positive note and hoping and believing could see more positive That's than right. bearing and enduring. Bearing and enduring. But, okay, let's talk about Well, let's get into it a little bit because um, it is something that doesn't sound easy, and I don't think it is. But we're called to it. There's a, there's a number of scripture Let me just bring in a few scripture passages that I think really speak to it because they really do ground us. Because, so let's start with our Lord. 
when he says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. So he's saying, you know, don't run away. Don't Mm -hmm. hit back. Don't like cast stones, but endure the evil with love, with the conviction that change can happen, you know, praying for them. You don't pray for something you think can never happen, right? Mm, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have confidence in God, but it usually has to do with the person that I don't have a lot of confidence that they're going to change. But that's in my humanness. So I believe right. God can do all things. So there's still, I still there's pray hope for, for that. change. It's, it's a, it, so I guess there's like, mm-hmm. I do it out of faith, right. not out of belief that it, it will happen. Does that make sense? Okay. There's a difference between having a healthy amount of skepticism that something will happen and believing that it can't happen. So that's not the same thing. Okay. Right. So you can be like, it's unlikely. It's very unlikely. But with God, all things are possible. Exactly. So I know that there's still a possibility. So, you know, closing the door completely and saying, I can do that. I, I, I don't couldn't believe. limit God. I couldn't limit God. Right. So but in my own little mortal mind, I'm like, yeah, that is going to be a miracle of God. <laughs> right. And I think believing in God and believing in his power is part of how we start with the believing the good of the other, Mm -hmm. that there can be good, that the change can happen. We we have to believe that God is working. Well, you know, this is, this is where I get though, because while that is all true, it also takes a human being's yes. So I have less Mm -hmm. confidence in the human being. I have tons of confidence in God, but not a lot of confidence in the human being Mm -hmm. to, to respond according to God's holy plan. I know. I, I know that's kind of like, rah, 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 but no, no, I get it. But in a way it's kind of gets to that point of, um, and, and can you, can you persevere even with that healthy, per, I'm going to say healthy level of skepticism, you know? Right. Right. It's well, not so, cynicism necessarily. But if, if, if experiences have shown you in your experiences with a person that they are very opposed to the change you're hoping to see happen, that they don't seem open to it. In fact, they may be actively doing things to try to oppose it. It's understandable that you would think that the possibility of their yes is pretty low. Pretty slim. But the fact that you would hang in there and not move towards just throwing your hands up and say, forget it. You know, nothing's ever going to change. I'm not even going to stay in this relationship without this change happening. Um, implies that there is some hope that, that the change can happen and that you're willing to endure the discomfort to remain in the relationship. Because, you know, I think this is an interesting point to explore because you, in a, Episode, it was either the last one or the episode before it. I think it was the episode before it when we talked about um, anger and brooding. You mentioned about a relationship. Well, you know, this is a close family member type relationship, so I don't have a choice. That's actually not true. Even in the closest relationships we have, we have a choice. We can deny our spouse. We can deny our children. We can deny our parent. We can say, you're dead to me. 
I'm out. Like this happens in, happen. in, in people's Too relationships. Like, brother to brother. Yeah. So often in this world, we're unwilling to endure the weaknesses of others. We're unwilling to endure the sins of others. Um, the, maybe the pain that they will inflict upon us. And we'll just say, no, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. It's an option. Yeah, it is an option. And so that's really the question in this. But, but in a way, Megan, I'm going to take it a little step further because since I'm so close to the situation, the Lord is always continually telling me, you be the best human being, love your Catholic faith with all your heart, all your soul, love me that way deeply and perhaps just perhaps it will chink the armor of this loved one yeah so then i refuse to withdraw from that situation altogether because i i feel like that's my role in the situation is to continue to possibly be a chink in the armor i don't know i mean no i think you're doing exactly what paul is saying to do yeah but i think the important the thing to it has rem- been very, very, very challenging. There's a lot of grief and a lot of pain there. Yeah. And it can be very challenging and it's, painful. It's and, very painful. Um, but I, th- what I'm saying is, is don't minimize what you're doing by saying, well, I don't have a choice. You actually do. Okay. Yes. You, you don't feel correct. like you do because your conviction is such that you feel like there's no choice. There's no way I would walk there's away no from way. it. No. But this is really important. Okay. I'm really glad we're talking about okay, this. Okay. Let's go. Because it speaks to a person's understanding of their own agency. What do you mean by own agency? Their ability to act in the world. Okay. So a lot of things that cause us deep pain, deep hardship and suffering are because we feel like we're out of control of a situation that we are, our choices have been stolen from us and we're Mm. just just a victim of our circumstances. Mm. And so that victim mindset that this has just been inflicted upon me. I have no choice in the matter. There's nothing's ever going to change. And I'm just here being oppressed. This thinking is so common in the world today. All of this like critical race theory and, and all the other offshoots of it are this mindset that like there is this force oppressing me and I have no choice in the matter. But the reality is we have way more choices than we give ourselves credit for. And if we can acknowledge all the various options that we actually could choose in a circumstance, and instead of just saying, well, this is just what I'm doing because this is what I have to do. I don't have any choice. To really acknowledge No, actually, I have several other choices I could make. This is the choice I am choosing. That allows us to bear things with much less pain and difficulty. What what I'm thinking about in this moment is, and Jesus spoke very clearly to this in his passion, when he says, when Pilate says to him, don't you know I have the power to decide whether you live or die? So basically what Pilate is trying to tell him is you have no control here. You have no agency here. I'm in the driver's seat and you're just my victim. 
and I get to choose what happens to you. What Jesus answers him and he says, you have no power to decide whether I live or die. You know, you have no power except what's been given to you from above. You do not take my life. I give it willingly. So the reality is from the external, you could say Jesus was arrested. He was brought before trial. He was found like he was convicted of death and he was killed. That, that was all imposed upon him. But the truth of the matter is it wasn't because he chose it. And just like Maximilian Kolbe in that concentration camp, somebody's going to die. He's going to die eventually when he gets sick, when he's no longer useful. They'll throw him in the, in the chamber. So he's going to die. That choice has been taken from him in that sense. He chooses how he's going to die. He's going to step in and die for another man because of love. And so in our lives, when we're deciding, can I bear it? Can I endure it? The most important thing I think is to choose it mm-hmm. instead of feeling like it's inflicted upon you. So no, no, no. I got to slow you down for a okay. second. Cause the one big thing that's really coming up for me here too is, and this is kind of the reflections from some of Jacques Philippe's mm-hmm. Father Jacques Philippe's writings, um, interior freedom and whatnot. And that is to choose it. But what we're doing, what we're really doing is we are choosing to love. We're choosing to love in those situations. Absolutely. Yes. And that's what Paul is saying. This is, this is part of love, bearing things and enduring things that are hard. Yeah. But if we have a mindset of, oh, just being inflicted with this. The victim mindset. Right? Yeah. The victim mindset. Okay. Somebody may be doing something that they are inflicting bad behavior upon you. You're deciding if you're going to stay. You actually have choices. You could leave. And sometimes the choice to leave actually is the right choice. And it doesn't mean that you're refusing to bear or endure something. What it means is that the sin that, that, is, that the person is doing is so egregious that, it's a, that it is a danger to their soul that you are willing to bear and endure the rupture and separation of a relationship for the good of that person not being having the sin of, of the great evil they're doing against you. Yes, you're protecting yourself and you're honoring the fact that you are a beloved son or daughter of God and that you have certain dignity that demands it be attended to. So what I'm not, I'm not saying choose to be abused. Right. But say, for example, someone who is being abused and says, well, I have to stay because I don't have a choice. No, actually you do. You have a choice. It may be a hard choice. It may mean you be, have financial insecurity. Yeah. It may mean your children will be separated from a, from a parent. It may mean a lot of really hard things, but you have a choice. Right. So I saw a little meme that this is applicable to choose your hard, hard mm-hmm. to stay, hard to go, choose your hard. Right. And how do we define what is the right choice? The one that's most keeping with God's will. So we need to discern because this life is going to be hard. I mean, that's just it. Jesus showed us it was going to be hard. He's like, servant's not greater than a master. You think you're going to have a cakewalk through this life? No, you're going to have a cross. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a cross. And I, it was interesting. I, I have a friend who 
every Friday I send her an image of something to do with Jesus's passion. And I do a little meditation on it, just a little quote. And uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I sent a picture of Christ who had fallen is one of, you know, he's fallen and the cross is on top of him. And what I wrote was in life, there are really only two crosses. We either allow Christ to draw us up onto the cross of virtue or we will be crushed under the cross of sin. Such a good one. And that's the point. Virtue is a cross, but it's a cross that leads to life. Sin is a worse cross because mm. it's a cross that leads to death. Right. And so what cross are we going to endure? Because we will endure a cross and you choose which one and where that one leads. So true. So true. Preach. So, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of exhortations in the Bible about, you know, bear each other's burdens. This is fulfilling the law of Christ. You know, by your endurance, you'll gain your lives. Mm -hmm. Like this is a race to be run and you run it to the end and, you know, you just keep. Yeah. Yeah. Megan, this particular one just lends itself to thinking about marital love so much, um, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, that, that, um, once you say I do forever and ever, amen. And what does it mean to the bear all things and endures all things? Well, just in my 33, 34 years of marriage, there's been trials from outside the family mm-hmm. that affect the spouse to sure. a very, very deep, profound degree. And it, it was a time of enduring and praying that this time would pass. Um, it's It was bearing mm-hmm. with the bad that was happening. Let's just say that. I mean, in God's providential wisdom allowed it, right? So mm-hmm. there's that certain aspect of saying, okay, well, God's allowed this. Perhaps it's going to be, um, there's going to be something efficacious and good on the other side. And I would have to say for sure, for both Um, it was my spouse and I, for both of us, we grew tremendously in the virtue of patience Mm -hmm. because it took a long time to get through this. And that was the number one virtue that we had to grow patient. He with what the external forces were going on and just letting God do what God was going to do. And me just being patient with the situation and with him while he endured mm-hmm. that situation. So I had to endure, right. you know, this kind of just, it, I mean, it's, it's dramatic to say trauma, but it, it, it was very, very hard mm-hmm. um, time of life. And um, that to me was what happens. What's the fruit of that? Right. So right. we get patience, but not only was that patience um, what we personally gained in a virtue but in our relationship as a couple, then I'm able to say, look at each other and say, wow, we just went through something really, really hard together. And that was what love is. Mm, we came yeah, out so brought you with a stronger sense of being loved and committed because mm-hmm. that was commitment, man. Right. That was commitment. Sure. And that was bearing and enduring for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake mm-hmm. of a good and, and that's one of the things that always gets me through difficult times, too, is that there will be a better day. In Jesus' name, there will be a better day. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is, the joy comes in the morning. So it's right around the corner. Right. 
one of the things that also has me thinking about as well is, and I think sometimes people here bear all things, endure all things, as if that needs to be passive, as if you, you that that's not compatible to working towards change of the circumstance. And so, you know, while you may have had to sit back in, in something that maybe wasn't directly involving you and you had to kind of watch your, your spouse navigate it, um, but I'm sure that there's actions that you take in this to try to make the situation better, right? So, for example, the action you might take in this circumstance if your husband's enduring something very difficult is, well, it's hard to see him suffer. And you want to do something to help. You're willing to endure his suffering, but you also want to try to alleviate suffering. So then maybe you do things that you know are going to bless him, that are going to minister to his soul, that are going to, you know, be a lightening of the load, right? And that's another idea here about bearing and enduring. You know, we look at Jesus, you know, obviously I go back to the passion all the time. And Jesus himself in his suffering allowed others to help him mm. along the way. We have Simon helping him bear the cross. We have Veronica who's wiping his face. And so while we're in the process of bearing and enduring, I think it's also important to remember the Lord may send people to help ease the burden and to lighten our load and, and not, let them. Yeah. And let them do that. Like, don't get into a mindset of, I don't, <laughs> a friend and I, um, back when I was, I was like in high school, I think came up with this little phrase. Nobody loves, nobody likes a martyr. And this idea of like, don't get into this martyr mindset. Oh, I'm bearing, I'm enduring. Like, Oh, I'm so holy. Poor me. Yeah. Poor. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just so much, a, you know, a burden bearer and I'm so holy because of it. And the Lord's over here like, girl, I sent you lots of things to help you like lighten that load, to bear that burden. And you are choosing a harder burden than the one I'm asking you to carry. And that is pride. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very careful about not letting pride get into this place of bearing and enduring. But then also when we see someone else who's struggling to bear and endure circumstances that we come in and help them. Don't be like, don't just stand back and be like, being a good Christian there, doing all your bearing and enduring. Just keep on it. You just keep doing that. Yeah. No, you step in and you say, how can I help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do really. I, I see it, our personalities are coming out here too because I see your perspective quite clear. Mm -hmm. um, my personality is one of like that, just a stand aside and try and trust the Lord. And I'm not doing, I'm not mm. doing anything. I am you know, just trying to be supportive, to love, to pray, but just a quiet, like a quiet mm -hmm. presence on yeah. the side. But I would say that is doing something to pray and to live in trust. But I, hopefully that also is combined with discernment. And so if the Lord says, okay, now I want you to move. Now I want you to step in that you'd then be obedient to that. Right. So we wait until he says go right. and then we go, right, right. you know, because mm -hmm. that always has to be part of it. But if we're in a total, like, I'm just going to bear and endure and not do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I we think can miss his 
his voice when I he says go. It, I think it would be very good to use an example of reasons for not bearing enduring because we've talked about the times where it's not okay and that would be say like in the case of alcoholism mm-hmm. if there was a spouse that was or abuse abuse of any kind yeah. yeah that you don't just bear it and endure it but what <laughs> that's I'm, not yeah, real love right and right? but the point so, i was trying to make in that is that you will still have to bear and endure something just not that not the sin we're not called to like just submit to some terrible sin and allow that to continue. Like, you know, the person coming to mind right now is uh, St. Marie Goretti. Yes. Like, Perfect okay, example. So she didn't want to be raped mm-hmm. and she was trying to convince the guy not to rape her. And it wasn't because she wanted to not experience the rape as much as she wanted him not to experience the sin of having raped. Right. And so we, in these circumstances of abuse, it may not, it's not holy for us to allow that terrible sin to be perpetuated on us, but we will still have to bear and endure what it means to leave. And that's hard too. Or the consequences she did. Yeah. Or the con- she endured, yeah, the consequence she endured of the opposition was death. She was murdered. Was stabbed 24 times. Yeah. Like because she wasn't, because she was bearing the burden of wanting his holiness. You know, and so it's not running away from the command to love with forbearance when you say, not that, but I will endure this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But you were going to say when we should endure. We were saying, so we know when you shouldn't, but when you, when should you, is that what you're getting at? Right. There's sometimes we should for greater Mm -hmm. good. Right. right. So, for instance, one of the things that we see a lot in our culture now, you know, the divorce rate's pretty high. Well, I guess it's 50-50 still, mm-hmm. except in couples that, that practice natural family planning, I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> Which is enduring uh, something in yeah, itself, that right? that is true. That is true. Um, that uh, I don't love you anymore kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. I've fallen out of love with you. So there was something about the relationship that it, or there's a lack of understanding of what love really is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. When they're like, yeah, I'm out of here. You're just an awful person now. You weren't when I married you, but you are now. I mean, yeah. that's a tough situation to be in. Or even if it doesn't go down that far, the path of you're awful and I don't like you. It was just like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. Which is worse even. <laughs> it's into, yeah, are you willing? I don't feel in love with you anymore. Right. Yeah. right. So then the question is enduring what feels like a lack of fulfillment, what enduring a lack of strong, positive emotion. Right, right. I think that so many people have an idea of what married life is supposed to be like, which is way rosier. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be very rosy and it can be very dark too. Mm-hmm. But that's where that true love comes in of enduring and bearing. Um, but all the time, very key component is both members need to be ordered toward virtue and trying their best. So that's my new marriage advice. Do you want to hear it? Sure. When both people are ordered toward personal virtue, that will be one of the best things that you can do for your marriage. For sure. Absolutely. Agree completely. And yet you can't force the other person to be ordered towards virtue. And sometimes you're going to have to endure that reality. That's right. And honestly, I would say in relationship, the most difficult thing is really just enduring the fact that we're human. Mm-hmm. 
Cause our humanity is tedious and painful to bear at times. But the reality is the humility says, you know what? Their humanity is hard to bear, but I bet mine is too. That's exactly right. You know, and just be like, what are we called to here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know it's almost the overshadowing of personal self-interest to um, having the best interest of the two that is overshadowed, overshadows the one. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It needs to be the greater good for the two as opposed to just the personal one. And, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. You know, choose your heart. And I also think it gets down to that place of um, the immediate difficulty versus the long-term gain. So, you know, enduring or bearing something for a time is, is challenging. But the idea is that you're doing that for a future good that you're willing to experience a delayed gratification of, of that. And, and so if you aren't willing to put your desires on hold for a time and to say, this is worth waiting for, mm-hmm. um, you're it's going to, it's going to be a struggle to, uh, to do that. For sure. So I want to take a personal, you know, temperature check and, and maybe talk about if we can, Maybe imagine a moment when we have failed to bear or endure well. Mm. Does anything come to mind for you? Not right offhand. What about you? Well, what comes to mind for me, it's kind of interesting because I have like this comparison of what I call PC Megan. (laughs) <laughs> and now PC Megan being pre-conversion Megan. Oh, I thought politically correct. No, no there has man. never been a politically correct Megan. Okay. Let's just, let's let's just say put that, that right now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but pre-conversion Megan had the experience of my husband being out of work for a long period of time. I do not think I bared and endured that well. Mm, okay. Because what happened was actually very similar to the things that we were talking about when it came to anger and brooding in the last episode. So what happened was, is that my husband is not a big sharer. So he doesn't talk about what's going on in his interior, either his mind or his heart very much. And so we were in this extended period of time where he was not working and he was not sharing with me what was going on with him and what his plan was. And this time was stretching out. And so because I'm not much with being quick to anger and be like, you're, you're driving me crazy. You're ticking me off or whatever. I wouldn't go there. I would just kind of stuff Mm. stuff, those feelings and the resentment started building and building to the point where I was so interiorly angry and disconnected in my marriage because I felt like I was being held hostage. And I was not keeping the perspective of, you know, I am choosing this relationship. I am in this and, and, you know, this is my choice to be here. And, you know, how I wasn't going that much. I was just like, you know, he's closing me out and and this is driving me crazy. And, and I just got so mad mm. and to the point where I just was like, you know, and have fantasies about just walking out. 
you know, <laughs> of course I would never do it because that was not, that wouldn't be consistent with who I am, but you know, that's where my mind and my heart were going. So I was not bearing that well at all. But now I have a circumstance where my husband is also between jobs right now. And I'm so much different. What peace. I am, you know, I pray for him, for his discernment. I truly desire his good. Like I am not getting worked up with what's this going to mean for me? What's it going to mean for our family? Like, is this going to be a hardship for me? Am I going to, the uncertainty drives me crazy. Like, no, I'm truly in the place of, I want my husband to have a position that's fulfilling for him that he can grow as a person that like, I'm really desiring it for him. And so, and now I I'll touch base without fear, without pressure, without like angstiness. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, yeah, so, you know, how's it going? What are you thinking? You know, what's on your mind about, what are you desiring? You know, and then, and to, to be able to just finish up like, you know, well, yeah, I trust you, you know, trust that, this will happen in the timing that, that is best. And, and then I, I know that you're thinking about this and that I trust that you um, really have the best interests of our family and our marriage as part of your discernment process. It's totally different. Mm. 180 degrees. And it all has to do with understanding that God has a plan in all this. God has a plan. Amen. And he may be doing things for my husband and for our marriage that I have no idea what they are. And I trust it. And would I like to have some certainty about what's going on? Sure. But the, I also have this, this understanding now of there's no certainty. Like we're not made for certainty. <laughs> we're made to be willing to navigate this world in trust. And a demands for certainty says, I don't trust. I'm not willing to, to stand in the place of not knowing. It's so good. Yes. So freeing. And so I just praise God for it. And, mm -hmm. and, and the beautiful thing about it is the more you come into that place of trust in God and willingness to endure and bear anything, the easier enduring and bearing becomes. All of a sudden, it doesn't feel like a burden. Yeah. It feels like a blessing. Yeah, it's a grace. Yeah. For sure. And it makes me think of the Lord when he says, come, all of you who are weary and heaven laden, I will give you rest. So true. Take on my yoke because it's easy. And that really, that thing is, we think when Jesus is saying that, that he's talking about the yoke, the burden he's going to put on us. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, join yourself up to me and I will bear your burden with you. And I will take so much of it that your burden now is light. But when you try to go it alone without me, it's heavy so and true. you will become so weary. Yeah. I say that, that quote just a little bit differently. I mean, not the quote itself, but the way I mm -hmm. came to interpret it is that very similarly though, is that with him, I can bear all things yeah. with him at my side, his yoke. Cause I was, I read that for years going, Oh Lord, your path, man is tough. It's, it's difficult to, to, to walk down that path. You know, mm -hmm. it's a narrow gate and it's rough, 
Right. But when I realized exactly like what you're saying, he was talking about that with him and with that, you know, abandonment to divine providence, that there's a good that he'll work through it. All of a sudden, the load is lightened. Mm -hmm. And that's what he means. Yeah. So I think we're really ending on the most practical of all practical tips, which is, you know, stay close to Jesus and ask him, what am I meant to endure? What am I meant to bear? And when he tells you, then say, okay, Lord, now you stay right by my side and I'm going to stay right by yours. And I know with you, I can endure all things. And to me, it's exactly where the virtue of perseverance comes from. It only comes Mm -hmm. from him. It doesn't come from us. Yeah. But I guarantee you, the more you stay close to his side and the more you do for him what he calls you to, the less the burdens are. It's like they just, they become light and easy. And you actually even start to desire them because there's a sweetness in bearing the load with him because the work that you're doing in bearing and enduring things that have to do with others has to do with the work that God's calling you to for the salvation of their souls and yours. And yours. That's right. That's beautiful. Yes. So cool. So patience and perseverance go hand in hand. And that is our practical tip for bearing all things and enduring all things. All right. Well, I think we're in. All right. Well, we're so glad that you could join us today on Shoulder to Shoulder. If this has blessed you, please share it with a friend. We'd love for you to do that. But until next time, Stay united with us in prayer. God God bless. bless.